Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. This is the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast from Speaking Up For You, or SUFI. I'm Nance Haxton, and together we will speak to disability advocates about some of the main issues they see and what people with disability can do about them. Disability Advocacy Matters. Neil, thank you for joining us on the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast. That's my pleasure, Nance. And you have been an advocate with Speaking Up For You. Goodness, is it over 20 years? I think it's 19, actually. Oh, that's amazing, though. Two decades of work in this area. Do you still get people saying to you, what is an advocate? What is advocacy? All all the time. Really? I mean, there's not much individual disability advocate around still, so... I say, you know, look, what what is the the issue? Because we don't go to people unless there's some sort of an issue or problem. You know, there are other sorts of advocates in people's life who do that, especially parents. I mean, a lot of a lot of advocacy is done by parents. It's done by friends. You know, it can be done by a lot of different groups. But you know, we're typically um, called in when there's something seriously wrong happening for the person, and you know that we we say the fundamental human rights are being are not being met or the or the fundamental needs aren't being uh, met so they've approached us or someone has approached us so I always find you know I don't do any preparation or anything until I meet the person because it's often different you know and they you just can't really understand a situation so you know a lot of the zooming and teams and all that it doesn't work a lot for people with a disability. They've got to have someone there who has the time and the patience and can just see the environment and the, and the cues about how they're looking and what they're nervous about. You just miss that out. So it's quite an intensive process. So people need things that they can't get, you know, often. They need adequate housing, and so many people with a disability don't have ad- adequate housing. They need to have a legitimate say in the sill that they live in and they need to be made aware of what what their rights are and what you know what they do and don't have to put up with so it's about just finding that and seeing if that is something that we can assist them with if someone's had a car accident they need to go to court well we can't help you with that because we just don't have the expertise or the skills or talent if someone has a, a carer who's their ex and they're involved in domestic violence and they're still having to rely on that carer well, hey, that's something that we can do something of. So it's the things often which a person with a disability that can't get away from. If your house is falling down around you and you have no other house, you can't get away from that. So that, that's how it was often explained to me, the thing, things that the person just can't get away from. So it sounds like it almost defies definition, Neil, in a way. Would, would it be fair to say that every person you've worked with in that 20 years has been different, that their needs have been different and it's really tailored? Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, we're not working off a piece of legislation that counts people in and out and, you know, we only, when we deal with, you know, this, this issue and not that issue, like it's very broad and often people with a disability, you know, they must they're much more vulnerable, they're much more marginalised, not always, some people with disability, and that's why they need assistance from an advocate to assert to powerful people, you know, so that might be Department of Housing, might be NDIS, might be 
their landlord or everyone has so much power often with a person with a disability and so to sort of push back often the response that people with a disability get is well they say can I have you know this I need this support today they go oh well the reality is if you've got this disability you can't have that and you know it's always the reality is this but you have to reject that reality let's find another reality because that doesn't work for the person if it leaves them you know vulnerable and neglected you know so I and I think that's why often advocates get in trouble is that we're telling powerful groups like the public advocate or the public trust that well that's not going to work you know what they don't like to be told that they need to do something outside of the scope of their job descriptions or whatever it is. Well, that, that system isn't working. Yeah, even, you know, they, but they're, they're doing their job. I'm doing my job description, they tell you. So, so yeah, yeah, I, I think we fill a lot of the gaps as best we can. And, you know, it is, it, there are not that many advocates for the amount of need that's there, but that's how we operate. And that brings us to the noise we can hear in the background, which is people phoning in. How do people get access to advocacy? What What is the way to contact Speaking Up for you? I think, you know, with phones, with the internet, people can see more things now and they can see, get more information about stuff so they can they can contact us directly on our 32551244, which has been the same number for 20 years, yeah. <laughs> and sometimes service providers will contact us that they they think something's an issue so but it's always worth asking for help uh, in that situation well it's always i mean you know and people often people with disabilities are pretty good at asking for help because they know that that the normal avenues are close to them so they look around around you know but then the help might not be there but they do they make good efforts to get it when it's available and some people don't need an advocate we're talking about a subset of people with a disability who but we've advocated for university lecturers we've advocated for business you know it's a whole lot of people can be in this situation where their human rights are being but often it's not that those people but it can be you know Mm. some of the situations that you've helped with that you can think of perhaps some of the the wins and some of the frustrations uh, I don't. I don't know. I don't usually think of them as as wins. I we we did a lot of work with people with acquired brain injury in Brisbane over a number of years, and um, we we you know it was one of the last. Well, there are probably still other institutions, but it was a a large medical institution where people with disabilities had to live, and you know we got a number you know many people out of there living in the. Uh, community with their own supports and housing and you know that that facility is actually closed now so I don't know if you know I'm not saying that we had anything to do with that but it's pleasing to see that it's not considered a viable place for people to live anymore in institutions. I've done a lot of work in helping with people with intellectual disabilities and psychiatric disabilities get out of boarding houses. It's still a shocking situation that people with disabilities have to live in these places which where they are in fact homeless and we continue to advocate and help people to get out and live in the community and have a decent life you know with mm-hmm. or a more decent life as much as as they can with what they've got 
And you'll help people sometimes with court hearings, not from a legal perspective, but just as an advocate who amplifies their voice in those hearings? Well, probably, you know, when there is a legal issue, say with child protection or something, often people with a disability find it very hard to access. Just the paperwork, it's, a, it's, mm. a, it's an access to justice issue. And sometimes lawyers are not, you know, the most receptive to people with impaired capacities and so forth. And, I mean, sometimes they are, but it takes longer. They, you know, we, we sort of would reflect that they need to take longer and, and to, to explain things and to get their instructions and so forth. But, yeah, it's very challenging for people with a disability when they're involved in some legal process. So we, we would always try and make that to connect them and if it wasn't running smoothly for them to reflect that back to the solicitor that it's not going because the legal system is all predicated on people having autonomy and being able to understand things so it just has to sort of take a step back when it's dealing with some people with a disability and I don't really think they do that very well. Thank you for the wonderful work you do That's Neil. Okay. And it is fantastic knowing that there's organisations like Speaking Up For You out there. For people who want some advocacy, just ring up Speaking Up For You. That's what you'd advise. And even if Speaking Up For You doesn't cover their area, they might be able to tell you where to go. The intake workers, you know, they always try and find someone who could help them. And, you know, maybe if suggest strategies or other non-advocacy people that they can, you know, like people don't know always that if your support support coordinator won't talk to you and well you can always sack them and get another one they don't know how to do that so if your nominee for NDIS is really terrible well you can sack them like people just don't know I think that's been a failure with the NDIS is people don't know how it works enough and what their rights are in relation to the NDIS you know I think the language that NDIS uses to explain things is probably very complicated for just any normal person so an advocate can help you wade through that as well yeah well well they could make their procedures and so forth easier Mm. to understand and simpler but you know you ring ndis you ring ring a call center it's the same as if you ring the telephone call call center you know it's just like they don't know you they don't know nothing about you you know it's all just computer based so Thank you, Neil. I think next time that uh, someone asks you what does a disability advocate do, you can just send them a link to this podcast. Yeah, yeah, I could. I could, I could listen to it myself. So <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. Okay, thank you. This episode was recorded and produced on the lands of the Turrbal and Yagara people, and we pay our respects to elders, past, present, and emerging. That's all for this episode of the Disability Advocacy Matters podcast from Speaking Up For You. This podcast was produced for Sufi by Nance Haxton with production assistance from Michael Adams. Speak to you again soon. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. Disability Advocacy Matters. matters. It matters. matters.